RadioInfluence.com. Every week, Brittany, we say that we're going to start the show like normal people start the show. (laughs) And somehow or another, we just never, we never do it. So welcome, everybody, once again to the DJ Eakin podcast. Of course, I am DJ Eakin with the lovely Miss Brittany Gonzalez. How are you, first of all, before we even go anywhere? Hey, I'm good. I'm better today. I got my makeup on. I have my Kylie Jenner red lipstick on that is smudge proof. I'm feeling myself. Today's a good day. So you're actually so I finally met someone that's buying lip stuff from a girl who five years ago didn't even have lips. She I've never did met, not. And I've never I've, I've never met anyone. I never I know people who talk about it, but I've never met anyone who actually bought it. I know it, somebody was buying it. Listen, and they say it's good though. Is it it's good? It's really amazing stuff. This stuff is smudge free. Look, look. You see my wrist has nothing on it. No, I put my lip. Okay, it's mostly smudge free. I was like, gonna say. The real smudge test to me would have been to rub your hand from left to right, not that pat. I, you just said you can test my foot left to right across your face no, just like that. Because I'm like that little brother you hate, right off top. I'm that little brother. You'd be like, "Why did you do that?" I'd be like, "You said to test it." I just wipe <laughs> yeah, my hand right, right just across your that, face. Take that part out here. Show show my hand now. Look, see uh, nothing. Yeah. Basically, you just lost your chance to be an endorser. <laughs> so, so so much for you be, getting to be an influencer for Kylie Jenner. So much yeah. for that. Well, four well, out of five get, You got to get ready when these tests come. You just never know. You may, you didn't even know I might be a talent scout. You know I've got a lot of things going on. That you do. Your you do. I think the last time I saw you were a minister, I believe you were like doing something. No, no. The last thing that, that worked in your favor is because you know all you got to say is that you, if you have a question, immediately we go to hashtag ask the DJ. immediately you know that but but today is a good day today is a good day Brittany because I know we kind of keep it light but you and I talk a lot off tape off pod and we both been kind of having some things going on and of course with all the how do I put this with all the images and let me let me see about how many about how many videos of violence do you think that you get in your phone a day like just oh my god all right, I would say at least a daily, at least seven to ten. Seven to ten between all my social medias. Right. And after a while, I mean, do you, does it seem like it's just another thing in your phone, or do you think <sighs> that it after a while it starts to get to bother your mental? Um, well, definitely. I don't think there's a point of numbness anymore. I think more of it, it's more of a like, yeah, the mental starts to wear you down. A thousand percent. Right. Let me let me tell you why I'm asking you that, because I'm asking you that because me, me and my mom talk like almost every day. Like if I don't talk to her like on a day, the next morning she's calling like I didn't hear from you yesterday. Right. So we talk mm-hmm. a lot. And so, you know, in these last two to three weeks, we've kind of dealt with quite a few things that were different for you and I. You know, we stay in the middle of stuff, but it kind of got a little not tricky for us, but just you were in it side beside me as I was bringing things to your attention and telling you what was going on. And in the midst of that, you know, all the Black Lives Matter stuff, all the 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 more police violence against African-American men, then just just the videos that we see online, period, this, that and the other. Then they, you bring up the old stuff and, you know, I'm a big documentary watcher, so I'm seeing stuff left Same. and right. And, and my mom says one day she goes, maybe 
you should stop watching all that stuff. Like a detox? I, 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 I guess for lack of a better term, I guess that that is kind of the way she was but putting it. Was she saying like just stop watching it no longer or or take a break from watching it? Well, you know? let me let me give it to you like this. Okay. The speech the speech was, you know, a mom knows her son. You know, a mom knows her son, and I'm the fourth. I'm the baby, right? So she was like, I just feel like something's a little different in 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 listening to you talk. You know, not to the point where she thought I was going to do something to myself or I was ready to jump off the deep end, but right. she could tell in my psyche things were running a little bit different. And then mm-hmm. I get this article, and the article says how viral videos of killings of black men take a toll on the black male mental health. One thousand percent. And that made me think a little more. And I'll tell you why it made me think a little more. It made me think a little more because of a couple of things. For one, that talk with my mom, then to see that article, and then even on a little deeper scale, which you may have heard this because I know, you know what I'm saying, like you know me and, and Quest and, and dudes, dudes uh, you know, that are, that are black, the stigma of the African-American or the black male see, seeing somebody like a psychiatrist or someone to talk to for for help. And I was like, May, is it time that I talk to somebody? Should I think more about talking to somebody? Should I just bag up completely off of social media? Uh-huh. And what do you think? Well, I think where I want to start is with today's guest. So um, I kept telling you that I had a very good friend that I think super highly of. I just, you know, I was thinking, you know, maybe it's time we have that discussion here because for those people who, and, and you know, and, and just being transparent, even me, I had some stuff on my mind for years and Hello? years and years. Hey, Audrey. Hey, how are you? I'm good. You, you know what, Brittany? It, wait, first, first off, before we go any further, right, Audrey. <laughs> Audrey, thank you so much for being on this call, right? And 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 joining joining my little podcast. I want to introduce you to Brittany. Brittany, this is Audrey. Hi, hey, um, Audrey. And 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 I also want to make it make it clear make it clear, Brittany. I've called Audrey on a few occasions, and never once have I gotten that happy of a greeting. <laughs> it, is, it must it must but, simply it must. I knew I knew Brittany was in the room. I knew I knew it was something. I knew it was something. Audrey, um, I, I know I know you're busy. Um, and I was just telling Brittany about why I wanted to have this conversation. And I'll, I'll bring you up to how I got here. And then we can talk a little bit about what you do and your background and your profession and then maybe get your thoughts. And what I was telling her was, you know, like the article I sent you and, and talking to my mom every day. And, and Brittany just gave this example, too. It's like a good easily seven to ten videos or images that come across some timeline or something that that we're looking at on this thing that we call the phone nowadays right and and you start watching these right. things and you don't know whether you're becoming numb or whether you're just seeing it too much or you're you know you you're, you're getting upset about them and then i was telling her like right. as a black man though i'm probably not too quick to admit though if i think it's bothering my psyche or i won't even admit it to myself mm-hmm. and i'm definitely and i'm probably 80 percent sure that I'm not going to see nobody to talk about it because that's just not what we normally do as black men, mm-hmm. you know? And, right. I, and I was telling her that I was thinking in this day and time, maybe it might be time, especially for us as black men to start looking at that part a little bit differently 
And I, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I said, you know what, this is maybe where I shift that, you know, with, with what we're talking about here on the DJ Aiken podcast and, and reach out to someone that I, God, I got to say this again, that I think super highly of, you know, that, you know, <laughs> And I think super highly of and 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 get your thoughts on on this subject. But but first, um, just give us a little bit of a background on, you know, on your background and what it is that you do so that they can kind of go, you know, he, I ain't just call you because, you know, you could do a few dances, you know, <laughs> you know, you will not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, I'm actually Dr. Audrey. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist um, in Memphis, Tennessee. I am the owner of Calix Psychological Services, which is a private practice um, there in the city. Um, but I also am the regional vice president of a correctional health care company where we provide medical, uh, mental health, and dental services um, throughout the country for um, incarcerated individuals. So I cover um, uh, I'm over 86 uh, jail in the Midwest. Um, and so I make sure that all of our incarcerated individuals are absolutely getting the best health care and mental wow. health care. That's amazing. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I, I stay pretty busy. I try. <laughs> so, so, so let's, let's start here then. Do you think just in, in what you've seen, what you've seen in, in your travels, Mm-hmm. Is the black man pretty much the last one that wants to come and sit down and talk to you? Um, I would absolutely say it's yes. Um, but I'm, 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 I will say that it, it's growing, though. I think the awareness of the importance of taking care of your mental health has shifted. Um, uh-huh. I'm actually getting a lot of, and I have several uh, black male clients, but I'm getting more recently within, I would say, the last four months. Um, but mm-hmm. they're not coming along. They, they come um, with a spouse or a girlfriend, and which is fine with me because, you know, whatever it takes to get them in the door until they get comfortable mm-hmm. um, right. is, you know, what I recommend. But I would say that, again, I think that as a community, not just black males, but I also feel as a community, we've become more aware of the importance of taking care of your mental health. Um, Traditionally, you know, we are a very um, quiet culture where we keep everything close to the vest. We keep everything within the family circle or um, we pray about it or go to church. Um, But I think the more um, the generations um, evolve, we see that there are different resources to kind of help us. Everyone doesn't respond to the same thing. And so I think that we are looking to different avenues to try to help um, solve problems for ourselves. And I, I ain't even going to lie. The, the mental health conversation to me has seemed like, like I said, it's, it's, it's coming up a lot more these days, but I can think back maybe two years ago, you know, when I seemed like when I really started hearing it a lot. Right. I ain't gonna lie to you for the longest time. I would be like, man, y'all got to stop jumping on this mental health thing. Everybody can't be crazy. And I know right. this is just I'm just being honest because, you know, I, I have to be honest. I just felt like yeah. everybody was running to what well, well, you know, it could be my mental health. I was like, no, you you just want to do foul stuff, bro. You you just foul, <laughs> you know, and, right. and, and, and then, right. it took me, you know, for for a minute, I wouldn't do it. And then finally I sat down and well, wound up laying down, actually. And and when I when I started to unload with the person that I talked to, 
they really they when I when I was finished, they were like, How long you been holding this stuff in? And it really was right, like 10, right. 10, 12 years for me to some stuff that I had just buried and hadn't talked about. Right, right. And it's and it's so, you know, interesting to see the transition um of a man who comes into therapy who is actually very reluctant. Um and then at the end they become almost a totally different person because they allow themselves to be vulnerable in, in a space that they're not judged and they're right. able to kind of unpack so much trauma. Um, you know, and I think even what's going on now is is added trauma. Um, and we and we as a culture experience racial trauma, you know, in different forms throughout our lives. But how often do we talk about it? Sometimes we just accept it. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. And we keep it moving because we have things to do. Right. And so, right. you know, I think that to let people know therapy is not for when you go crazy. It's actually better to go to therapy before you go crazy because. If you can employ the um, the skills necessary before you hit crisis, then you probably won't even get in crisis. So I always right. tell people, don't call when, when, when the house is burning down because I'm going to be focused on the house and getting the flames out. I need to know what's going on. Like, let's, let's check the wiring first. Like, let's, let's look at all of the fire hazards before you call. Right. So it's, it's, it's always, you know, I encourage people to, contact their therapist or look for options of counseling even before the, the crisis hits. So um, I'm trying to, how do I address you? Like Dr. Audrey, is that like, I want to be, make sure I'm yeah, saying it right. It, okay. Yeah, it, All right. Yeah, everyone calls me Dr. Audrey or Dr. C, but Dr. Audrey is fine. Okay. That is okay. not, that is not what everyone calls you. Cause that is not, <laughs> not not what I got. No, uh, but I want to address her Brittany, as Dr. Audrey. Brittany. Yes. Thank you, Brittany. You know that there there are a couple of special people sprinkled throughout the country that call me other things. But <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it takes a lot to be a doctor, so we gotta make sure we say that title twice. But um, so I wanted to ask you because Thank what. You. What you just brought up to me was like, I have a question about that because like you said, you don't want to wait till the house is on fire to go get help. But a lot of the times I think even like for, I can't speak for black men, but I can speak for people for myself in general. I think that people don't really know what are the signs that like, okay, I really do need to go at, this is my point where I need to go talk to someone, you know, before that, like, what are, what, what are the kind of signs that you can point out to say, well, if you're thinking like this or, you know, is there something like that to kind of give you the, the, the sign let's go talk. Right. Right. Well, I think the first sign is we're, we're always the ones who know when things are not, and I hear this all the time. I just wasn't feeling myself. You know, and whatever that means for you, if you're feeling like you're not, um, your mood isn't the same, you're not, you know, um, rel- talking to the people that you usually talk to, you withdrawing, um, with something inside of you or, you know, things around you feel like they're changing where you're not responding the same, that's one, definitely one sign. Um, another, another sign is, and, and people think it's funny when I say this, but it's absolutely true. When people who you call don't want to take your call, like that's a sign because what that means is you probably um, kind of uh, overwhelmed them and worn them down where, you know, they can no longer help you. So you want to make sure that you're going to someone who's trained to, you know, to uh, help you unpack those things because your inner circle, they want the best for you and they're not going to tell you um, in a non-judgment, well, some of them could be non-judgmental, but not a neutral space because 
they're they're invested in you being well as what well, you know, and so they have personal attachments to some of the things that you may go go through. So you need a neutral party. But when you start to overwhelm your friends and your family to the point where they see your your number on the phone, they're like, I don't feel like it today. You know, that's yeah. definitely a sign that you want to kind of seek help outside of your normal um, circle, but also when you start to notice that the things that usually make you feel better when you get in those spaces are no longer working, you know, like some people have coping skills where they exercise or they write or they listen to music, and when those things are no longer working and they don't, you know, help you kind of come out of the space that you're in, that's another time that you definitely need to kind of look at other options and possibly seek a therapist. Mm-hmm. But I think definitely right now, black men, especially with all like what we were talking about with the videos of violence and the murders, you know, and you see that just just flooding your timeline everywhere you go. It's constant. You know, I feel like that alone, like right now, black men, like that's enough. Like you need to go. You need to go talk. See someone. Right, right, right. And and what that is, is, is a term called racial trauma. Um, and all, really what that is, is a, it's a form of race-based stress that we experience from constantly witnessing um, violence, whether it's real or perceived, um, against um, Black people, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and it's, it's, it's very similar to PTSD, but PTSD um, is not based on race. And even the coping skills for PTSD are not always culturally sensitive. So when we talk about race-based trauma, it's directly related to a trauma that is based on um, discrimination. And so when we see these images over and over again, we're re-traumatizing ourselves. So, and I can tell you, I've never seen one of those videos because I know my limits. And I think for us, we need to kind of take a step back and um, just say, what are my limits? Like, I, I, I didn't even see the movie, um, what was the movie on Netflix where the, about the um, five the four bo- part the, guys? Oh, I didn't even oh, see when, when they see us? Yes. When they see us. I right. couldn't watch that. I did not. I know everyone saw that and they wanted my opinion, you know, as a, as a psychologist. But I know that that's something that would affect my energy. And right. I know the outcome. So, I mean, I know what happened at the end. I don't necessarily need to know the details to, mm-hmm. to comment on, you know, things. And I think we need to get to a place where if we're starting to see that we're, we're um, hypervigilant, and, and we as a people are very skeptical and hypervigilant when the police get behind us. You know, when I get pulled over, my heart starts beating fast, you know, like, and I know a lot of black men experience that too, because we don't know what's going to happen, you know? And right. so when we, we, we experience these, you know, physiological effects as well. And so we need to say to ourselves, like, Am I being overwhelmed or am I constantly exposing myself to re-triggering events um, by constantly reading and watching, you know, something that has happened negatively based and violently based on race? And so, and it, and it touches us very, and I'm a mother of a black boy, it touches us very differently because we see ourselves in those situations. You know, we see ourselves, you know, as family members or even as the victims. You know, I know a lot of black men have come to me and like, that could have easily been me. You know, I think about what my, 
my son could have easily been Tamir Rice, you know? Yeah. And so things right. like that, we need to make sure that we're not exposing ourselves to the point where we become re-triggered, um, that we become overly angry without an outlet, um, and we become numb and desensitized to everything that's going on. Right. So, so, if, so I got it. If it's too much, like, turn it off. Like, turn, we know what happened at the end. <laughs> we right. know the end of the story in, in certain mm-hmm. situations. So do we need to constantly watch every detail over and over again? Right. Yeah, that, that that is that is something I've had to do. Like I've I've literally I have to like go past it. If it even remotely looks like that it's gonna be that kind of content, I kinda have to go past it. And I know my barber, we're in like a group right. text. And my bar my barber literally came in the group and was like, Yo, if y'all gonna if y'all still sharing like those videos in this group text, like just dump me out of it because he's like, I can't watch it. And I really right. was starting to feel like that. I was like, I I can't really watch it because I'm starting to feel like a certain way. And it's like you said, you kind of know the outcome or you kind of know what the outcome you very much feel like you know what the outcome is going to be. So mm-hmm. you're like, I don't need to right. watch these steps in between. And then, like you said, after that, then you turn the TV on. It's on every news station. And then it's across, right. you know, it's across every place you turn. It's like at 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 what point can you get a break? And And I just thought it was starting to be like, I'm like, maybe this is becoming too much. You know, maybe this right, is becoming right, too right. much. One of, one of the things you just mentioned, too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got the floor. Go no, ahead. I, I was just saying we're constantly, we're constantly taking in all of this um, negative stimuli, and it creates negative emotions within us. But how, how often do we release that? You know, what do we do? You know, do we just sit there and constantly watch it and read it? And, you know, are, are we doing something um, proactive? Are we getting out trying to kind of, talk about what's going on inside of us? Are we trying to empower the community? Like, what are we doing with that negative energy? Because here's the thing, when everyone, the collective, you know, finds themselves, you know, consumed with negative energy, who raises the vibration? (laughs) Who's the one who's going to rise up to save the collective if everyone is drowning in negative energy? Mm -hmm. Right. one of the things you mentioned, and you kind of you kind of lean towards that point in in what you just said just now, right? When you when you were talking earlier, you said we keep taking this in, right? And where's the outlet? Do do you have some suggestions right. on maybe what an outlet could what an outlet could be? Because I, that that was where I was going to go, and you did kind of mention it again a right. little bit right there in that point. But do you have like like if I was coming to see you and you mentioned that, and I started to maybe talk to you about some outlets, where where would the conversation go then about what the outlets could be? Right, right. Well, one, one, you know, I can tell you now that I think that a lot of black men are starting to communicate more with each other. Um, and I, and I know personally a group of guys who now they do, um, bi-weekly Zoom calls. It's like 15 of them. And I think every week it grows and they sit and they talk about, um, like what it's like to be a black man in America, what it's like to be a black father. Um, and then they walk away with tangible tools that they can use. And it's almost like they've created their own support group. Um, yeah. and, and it's like they have lawyers, doctors, they have athletes, they have um, like politicians, they have financial advisors all on this call. Um, and they, they actually walk away with, okay, so what's our plan? What are the goals we're going to achieve before we get on the next call? That you is know, so amazing. Really like coming together as, it's, and it's awesome, you know, I, they kicked me out of the room, but you know, <laughs> I, I know we figure out like 
what y'all really talking about? But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I heard a glimpse of it, and it was just so empowering to see, you know, a group of black men who uh, some of them probably wouldn't feel comfortable coming to see a, a, a therapist, but they're they're comfortable around each other and they trust each other. And maybe someone in that circle then would say, you know, therapy may be good for you, or therapy may be an option for us. But they have right. to kind of gain that trust um, in, in that circle first. So definitely looking at your support system, seeing how you can rally around each other and create an internal support group. Um, right. Another thing is, again, always look at, because my thing is when you immediately feel the energy and you feel the negativity rising up, you have to kind of release that in some way. You know, even if it's going out, taking a run, exercising, doing what makes you feel good, always go to your go-to coping skills to kind of help you relieve that energy. Um, but again, particularly in this, you know, racial climate, I think that a lot of us are um, kind of using that energy to either empower the next generation, um, either vocally um, making sure that they understand the importance of uh, voting or being an active participant in your community and also just mentoring. You know, we have so many um, young black men out here that need to be mentored. And sometimes I think we just kind of look at our personal circle, look at our sons and look at our daughters and say, we have to take care of them. Yeah, we have to take care of them too, but we are our brother's keeper. We are our sister's keeper. We have to kind of reach down, reach back and kind of mm-hmm. pull someone else with us. So I think, yeah. you know, empowering each other, right. looking at our collective support system, but also being mentors to those who just need a little guidance. Mm-hmm. You, you see that, Brittany? I told you I'm gonna get better, Brittany. But you know, Brittany, but you know therapy is. Teach Brittany. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I've been it, on him for twelve years, probably longer than that. He is so much better. Oh uh, <laughs> no! Listen, I'm, I'm yeah, not even I, sure what that's supposed to mean right there. I'm not, look, I, I'm you not, know your temper. <laughs> So, so, Doctor Dr. Audrey, as I as I'm supposed to address you on on this this that, episode. That hurts. That, it hurts. No, honestly, <laughs> honestly, as as much as I talk crazy, I am so super proud of you, and you are seriously. I will tell I people you about you in a minute. So, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. If we just, you know, we are having a drink and having, you know, like some crab legs or something, I ain't gonna be like Doctor Audrey then, but. But you know, I know, and I'm super proud of you too. <laughs> I know you said like you deal with um, is it is it a is it how much different is it dealing with let's say like I guess I'll call myself regular because I'm not incarcerated as opposed to dealing with people who are going through the you know the system and having to deal with not only the fact that they're dealing with the system and maybe they're on their way to transitioning back to you know to life outside of of that or you know mm-hmm. they're how, how how different is it in dealing with with those those folks as opposed to you know someone that's already that's out here on this side um, if you're talking about as far as what issues are concerning to them there is no difference you know I tell oh. people all the time like I feel, I feel safer walking in a prison or a jail than I do in Walmart. Like there's no difference. Wow. You know, so um, yeah, I mean, because we 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 
we all could have gotten ourselves caught up in some situations, you know, in our younger age that could have right. ended badly for a lot of us. So, you know, it's no different. The things and the trauma that they, that, you know, uh, the young men and the, the adult men and even the women deal with, you know, in jail are the same things we're dealing with every single day. They just have an extra layer of acute stressors, meaning that right time, you know, real time right now, they're dealing with, you know, the lack of freedom. And then now they're caught into the legal system and they're wanting to get home. So right. if, if we talk about, you know, long-term traumas, you know, what things are affecting affecting them now that happened to them growing up, we all deal with that stuff. It's just, right. you know, now that they're just trying to deal with the legal aspect of, you know, how do I get back out into the free world? That's the only difference. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot to un- it's a lot to unpack, Brittany. It's a lot it to unpack. Is, it is. It isn't. And there's it, so it, much. Yeah, there's so many ways that you can tackle it. But I just love like those what you were saying with like the Zoom meetings, having that mentorship and talking right. about it. And yeah, so I just think that that's amazing. There's so much. I do think the one thing you yeah, did say, though, is is yeah. is putting putting some of these things into action, which is what I thought was, you know, really good when you talked about the, the group of gentlemen that, you know, that that's one of the ways that they're dealing with it. But they also, you know, they put mm-hmm. tasks to action because I think that's a you know, one of the big things to me is, like you said, it, it's what what how are we leave in the world for the next set of for the next set of people, that next generation. Right. Because right, right now, right now. I was I was telling Brittany too not long ago, we talk about the images that I'm seeing. Right. What about like your son or, you know, like my godsons and nephews and mm-hmm. my son, they're growing up. This is every day for them. And, and they barely teenagers. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not, you know, so imagine right. how they're growing up seeing these things happen. And it's like, it's like a regular occurrence for them at least once or twice a month. You right. know, and we can't get to a place where it's desensitized for them, you mm-hmm. know, where they, they become numb and it's, it's just a way of life because, you know, I, my son and now he's, he's about to turn nine. He knows the difference between first, second and third degree murder. And that's not something that a nine year old should know at this age. Yeah. Like, but, you know, they see this and they ask questions and they and they want to know. And the, the one thing that you must do is you must not hide the truth from a child. You have right. to you have to educate them and tell them in a way that they understand um, mm-hmm. and let them know the gravity without allowing them to become angry and, you know, and consumed with anger as well. Um, but also teach them, okay, so what do we do now? You know, since this is unfair, since you're dealing with this and we're all dealing with this, what can we do to kind of help this in our own way? And even children can help. You know, my son was right. making signs for a protest, even though I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't allow him to go out because Corona is real. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> but he was, yeah. He was making signs for the protesters. So, you know, those are things that he felt like he contributed. So, you know, also bring them into the fold and find ways for them to kind of release their, their negative energy and ask a lot of questions and be honest with them about what's going on. And the one thing right. that I can say about, I, you know, a lot of people can say what they want about this younger generation. I look like I admire them. They have the sense of fearlessness mm-hmm. that we right. didn't have. Like, yep. like they are, you know, if it were not for them, I don't think any of this would have happened, you know, since, you know, because this has been going 
protesting time and it's been quiet, but it's just like they're like, no, it's not gonna happen on my generation's watch. Yeah. Right. So, you know, just the, the the boldness and the fearlessness of this generation is to be admired. And I think because they have now stepped up and they've taken the lead, it's it caused us, the older generation, to say, you know what, we can't allow them to do this by themselves. We need to provide them with some support. So, you know, yes. that's just how I see what's going on. I, I agree. I agree. I'm loving it. I'm loving seeing all of the revolution. And, just, and you know, with whatever, whatever you right. want to say about it. But my whole point is that there's a lot of a lot of things that are changing, a lot of things that would not have been changing had, you know, these protests still not be going on. And with everything, right. you know, we're keeping that conversations, uh, keeping it still alive and that we're talking about it even right now. I right. mean, that's like it's historic. It's historic how global this has right. become. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, but I, I just don't want us to have to lose another life or yeah. create another hashtag for this to, to yeah. continue. Like we we have the fuel, let's keep the fire burning. Like let's not, you know, allow them to. I'm gonna say them, but let's not allow the system, um, because this is systemic oppression, to uh, give us crumbs to calm us down, and then you know we're we're quiet for the next couple of years. We can't allow that to happen. Like we have to kind of, you know, keep our feet to the fire and keep this movement going. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how many more hashtags I can take. But speaking of hashtags, right, and, and let me shift the conversation a bit, and I'm not sure how deep you may want to get into this one, but this, this one is, um, this one happened on my social media this week, Dr. Audrey, so I, I'd like to get your thoughts uh-huh. on it, right? Um, We know Black Lives Matter, that's a hashtag. It's been running for a while. It's a big right. one. It To me, it covers everything black. I don't, I have never taken anybody out of the Black Lives Matter hashtag, right? Never. So right, this week right. on Hollywood Boulevard, they paint down the street all Black Lives Matter. And of course, they add the pride colors <laughs> or whatever. And and I just posted it on my Instagram and I was like, I'm really not sure how I feel about this. And I just really wasn't because right, in right. my mind, in my mind, I have never even thought to think that any of my gay black friends weren't included. Anybody I met that may have been mm-hmm. transgender that was black wasn't included. I have never thought like that at all. I have never in my. And so people started jumping in my comments trying to explain it to me as if I didn't understand. And I did. But then this one mm-hmm. particular comment came and she was like, well, the bigger picture is that the, the you know, the, the, the pride community. And I was like, wait a minute. How did that become the bigger picture? Because to me, Black Lives Matter was a big enough picture right there. And and I and maybe I'm just a, a stir up of things, but right. what 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 are your thoughts on? You say? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I, well, I stir up things a little bit. I, I maybe maybe just a little, just a little, just a little. Now, um, what what I have to say? One, I've had to ask questions and become educated about what it meant because initially when I saw the all, you know, I immediately went to all lives matter, and I, and I had to read it again. Um, right. But I think because I have several um, transgender clients and their experience is very different from um, a, a cisgender person. So, um, you know, they deal with not only the racial, but they also deal with the gender identity discrimination. And so um, even though they do share the racial discrimination disparities with us, 
there is another element that we just won't be able to understand unless we educate ourselves and we talk to them um, because they, they get it on both ends. So right. if you're asking how I feel about it, I completely understand. Um, but does it take away from what we're trying to do? No, I hope that it doesn't because like you said, when we say black lives, I'm considering all lives, all every black person, like we're, we're all in this together. Um, but you know, they, but what they've done is they just raise the state and they just say, okay, I'm black with you, but still accept me even because I am, you know, transgender. Because I can tell you now, and, and Egan, I think you, you can agree with this, the black community is not very supportive of, you know, just collectively of um, the transgender movement. You know, just, right. you know, historically going back to the black churches and, you know, this hyper-masculinity of, you know, black men, but men were not very accepting of um, trans, the transgender lifestyle. So they're just saying... Make sure right. you know, when you talk about black life, don't don't exclude us because we're right. Right. But you still discriminate against us because of our you know our choice of gender. So yeah. that's that's how I take it. I'm not offended um, because they we, we we need to include them as well. I think that we can get more momentum if we include everyone who's willing to you know uh, push our agenda. Right. Brittany, I know you wanted to jump in because I, I, you jumped right in my comments as soon as you saw me make that post. Yes, because as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is amazing. And I know why. What and I, I know why they did it. I know exactly why. And it's because of what Dr. Audrey just mm -hmm. talked, just touched on right now. And it is like we have to acknowledge. Remember, I said this is like what I heard someone say. This is the season of accountability. And also we right. need acknowledgement, right? Like from law enforcement, we need acknowledgement that this is not OK, that that was not OK. And I know that with the LGBTQ community and it's and the black community in that community that they don't feel safe within their own community to be out in the right. open to be able to right. you know exp to be who they are you know they're afraid of their own even killing them for that and that's a real a fear right, right? so so that to me was like Absolutely. yes when you're saying all all the black lives matter make sure you're you're also seeing us as a as a as an equal value of black life just because you know, our love, our, who we love is different or our, what we identify is different. And that's the real problem too, is that they don't have the same, you know, they're just almost seen like inferior or shouldn't be cared about, not valued people, unfortunately, right. because of that. Right. And so that's what I saw too. Right. And, and I get right. that. And don't, don't get me wrong. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I did learn a little compassion and, and I'm never mad at anyone in my comments, as long as it's a healthy discussion, because honestly and truly, like, you know, when I when I when I say black lives matter, maybe I'm just that guy. Like, I no, never but you are you know, very accepting and you're very right. open and open minded. Right. And that's why it didn't. That's why it hit you different, because you're like, but I, lo I love is love. Like as far as like, yeah, you black lives. That's what I'm, I care about. But right. other, there's so many other people mm -hmm. not like you, Egan, who are black people and don't think that that you know what I'm saying because of that right. uh, LGBTQ part that you're as you know you right. should. I don't know, but that's what I'm trying to say. But that's right. why it's because you're, you're, right. you're, you're, you're heart. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, so I, I learned some compassion. I, I just wanted to, you know, talk about talk about that real real quick. And I, like I said, I, again, mm-hmm. when, whenever I open up my comments, what I've learned, too, is as the is the bigger this platform gets for for us that and I'm happy about it. I just tell everybody when I put something up, I'm open to healthy discussion. But don't make me go back to the old me. The old, <laughs> the old me and quick oh, yeah, we don't want yeah. that. <laughs> I tell them quick in my comments. And Brittany, I'll tell them in my comments. Do not turn me back to the old me because the old me can become the new me real quick but i'm but i mean you know healthy discussion is good and you learn next, something next so time yeah i know right yeah <laughs> <laughs> at me next time, <laughs> i will <laughs> but um but 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 um dr audrey i, I do um you stayed longer than i thought you would stay i know you asked how, how long you had to stay but i'm i'm so glad you stayed and it was a yeah. honestly I don't hey, listen, I, Brittany, I, y'all, listen i'm on vacation the kids are out splashing them so you know this is important <laughs> for me that i'm sitting in the sauna wet uh-huh. <laughs> I, I appreciate it um yes the, you can do us this favor, like where, if if someone wanted to get in touch with you or or write you an email or or you know like Brittany, or I already right. think Brittany want to bother you. So I just I look. I don't, I don't. Just go ahead and. Oh check my lord! <laughs> <laughs> how how could they get in touch with you? So I'm uh, on Instagram. I'm Calix Psychological, and that's C A L Y X Calix psychological um on instagram on facebook we are calyx psychological services and um to inbox me or you can inbox me on either one or you can also um email us at info at calyx psychological.com and it's again that's calyx c-a-l-y-x I almost feel a little. I feel. I almost feel like I was overwhelmed with the intelligence of you two ladies today on the podcast. It was all Dr. Audrey, but I'm, I learned so much. <laughs> so you I do like, like, like I do like. You know what? I don't. You know, Brittany. I don't. I don't even know if we need to talk about anything else today. This was. I think this That's was enough info right thing here. Smartest has been said on this, this podcast, so we should end it here. Yeah, I, I think that. I think that. I think that the info you gave us today, Dr. Audrey. Like I, I honestly. Seriously, like I laugh about it a lot, but like I told Brittany, I really do think that it's a discussion that more of us need to have. And I'm, I like I like the idea that you right. said, you know, that maybe some of the brothers I know in Tampa, but I, I got to get some better friends because some of these DJ friends and, you know, <laughs> the ones, the ones, the ones who want to be in VIP. I don't know about being on a Zoom call with them because I don't want to. Yeah. Hey, I don't want to be on a Zoom call. They talking about, hey, you got VIP on this Zoom call? That ain't that ain't that ain't how I want my Zoom calls to go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you need, you gotta choose your you gotta choose your support carefully. <laughs> yes, but uh, but no, I, I like that, and, and I definitely, I definitely am a big fan of 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 the whole mentoring thing in the next generation. So that's a big deal mm-hmm. to me too. Mm-hmm. So I think. I- I think if I think if they just heard a little bit of this, that folks mm-hmm. should have some good ideas about about where to move to, and I hope that the brothers who who listen and support right. me that you know, that they continue to be open to if something is on their mind, like you know you may you may need to talk to somebody. Don't be afraid, and you know like look into that. And hey, are there any are there any like websites too that someone could go to and maybe try to get some information on where to find you know a therapist or someone to talk to? Are there any websites and stuff like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. So my my line sister actually is Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, who. Um, um, uh, therapy for black girls. So if you go to her website, um, therapy for black girls, she has a listing of like, I don't know, hundreds of black therapists, um, that you can choose from. So I I know it's a therapy for black girls, but you can definitely find a therapist there who, um, also see black men as well. 
That's amazing. Oh my gosh. See, I'm going to share that info too. I'm going to share that info too because that is so important. Dr. Audrey, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you. It's really, before before we come, it's really important that you ask your therapist um, their experience with, with, with treating people of color, you know, yeah. black and brown, um, because a lot of therapists are not culturally sensitive, um, mm-hmm. because I'm not afraid to say if the therapist has a therapist, um, and so I've gone through several therapists, and, you know, sometimes I had to go to therapists who are not black, and, you know, some of the comments were a little bit off-putting. Like, you absolutely have no idea what I go through as a Black woman for you to say something like that. So that let me know that they lack cultural sensitivity. So when you can't even relate to someone, it's hard to be vulnerable and open up to them. So make sure that you're asking and and interview your therapist um, because this person is going to be the keeper of your secrets. And so you have to be able to trust them. And so you interview that person to see if that's going to be a good fit. And one question I always ask is, what is your experience with treating black people? As straight to the point, and it's necessary. It's a valid question. I love that you're saying that too. It is okay to ask that out loud. Because honestly, if anyone, right. even me as a Spanish woman, like I would feel like, oh, is that right. rude if I were to say, hey, have you ever, you know, worked with with Spanish people before? You know, it's kind of an uncomfortable no. like thing. But uh, but I can see why it's so important to like, no, actually it makes a huge difference in how you're going to be treated as far as like, you know, the right, help that right. you're going to get, get in a healthy way. And, a, um, so yeah, that's, I'm so glad you pointed that out. Right. And remember as a therapist, we work for you. <laughs> you're, you're the boss. Like if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to come to me. Like you find someone who, who you feel comfortable with. So this is your mental health. You take charge. You ask the questions. And you should never be uncomfortable asking a question that's going to benefit you. You see? I have two doctors now. Dr. Fauci and Dr. Audrey. Those are my two doctors. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. How did Fauci get in well, here again? Thank you, Brittany. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh so, I'm going I'm to have to you. hear your name mentioned every week now. <laughs> And I'm okay Doc, with that. I'm okay. Dr. Fauci, has, Dr. Fauci has made his way to a coffee cup. If, if she shows up on this pod with a picture of you on a coffee cup, I am done. I am, let me just tell you right now. If she shows up on this pod with a picture of you on a coffee cup, I am done. This It's over for that day. We are not even, we're going to have to take a really? break for two weeks. <laughs> don't, don't let me find your address. It's in the mail. Oh, yeah. my God. I appreciate you and, and seriously in all seriousness though I, I I knew that I was you know in in all of our years of friendship though I just I just had a feeling that this would be a conversation with the right person to to help us understand you know what I'm saying like where, where we're going and, and how we can get some assistance right. and and that shouldn't feel like we're the only ones if, if we feel a certain kind of way, man. And, and I, I really right. appreciate you coming on here and having this open and candid conversation with us. I really do. Yeah, no problem. The pleasure has been all mine. And, you know, if any time you need me again, you can um, you just give me a call. And, Brittany, thank you so much for inviting me. And so I'm always here to help support. Well, I can, I can see now, Brittany, now that Brittany knows you, she can be like, well, she should come back like every other month at least. We probably <laughs> I, I can feel that if, coming, man. If that, if that is what Brittany wants, that is what Brittany gets. Yes! 
<laughs> and for everybody rocking with us, man, this has been another edition of the DJ Aiken Podcast with the lovely Miss Brittany Gonzalez and our guest today, Dr. Audrey. Uh, Brittany, where can they find you at on social media? You can find me at Brunch with Brittany everywhere. Uh, <laughs> you can across everything. And uh, you can, what are we supposed to say? Uh, uh, like, subscribe, download, all that yes, good stuff. Yes, subscribe, download, share this, share this with your friends, your mom, your dad, everybody. I got the speech down because I mess it up every week, man. <laughs> DJ, you can podcast. Everybody get the podcast fixed, man. We're gone. This is a place for my head quick fix on Radio Influence. Everything you've been talking about comes back to that one word, control. Control, man. It's disgusting. That's why I always say it's an illusion. Control is an absolute illusion. You are not in control of anything. I don't care what you think. <laughs> you you put you 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 take situations and you 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 strategically like think about your approach and your battle and your moves and this that and the other. Listen, people, you 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 may have this crazy like plan and you think it's gonna work out to hundred percent perfection and all all that kind of shit. It's not. You don't get to control the result of that because at any given point in time, and I don't want to get religious or anything like that, but there's only there's only there's only a higher power that decides what actually really happens. And if you if you happen to walk across the street with your plan and you get hit by a bus, guess what? You weren't in control, but you thought you were mm -hmm. the unexpected things in life that happen. Look at COVID. Look at all these other things that happen to everybody that's affected by any of the madness that's going on in the world right now. I thought you had control of your situation. Oh, you lost control. A place for my head with Brandon Thompson and Jerry P. Tuck can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts and RadioInfluence.com.